everybody. Welcome back to DM Tavern Talks. My name is Adam. I'm Caleb. And we are your guide on being omnipotent in the realms of Dungeons and Dragons. Caleb, how was your weekend? Oh man, it was so busy. Uh, between editing and uploading and all the other stuff we've got going on. And us being TikTok famous. And, I, don't know, I don't know if it qualifies as TikTok. Look, guys, what happened? Last Thursday, I'm not going to give them the updated numbers because it's just going to blow their minds. No, I wouldn't. No. Thursday, we uploaded a TikTok at 9 in the morning. By 9 p.m. that night, we had over 32,000 views. It was insane. It went to Adam's head. I Yeah, I mean, my ego is already big to begin with, but now Horrible. it's even bigger. Horrible. I can't even get through a door. I mean, Kim Kardashian, Beyonce, and Jay-Z all rolled into one. Just, I mean, it was. you should have seen them at Walmart. Oh, yes, it was, yeah. I walked into Walmart and asked the uh, cashier, do you even know who I am? <laughs> no, sir, we don't. He went to Taco Bell and said, bring me the chihuahua. <laughs> That's what exactly about, how that went down. What, but <laughs> what, what about you, buddy? How's your business? Uh, this weekend, uh, it was, again, editing TikToks for the channel. Um, on top of that, keeping the Twitter uh, space alive. And Tell then, them about the tavern. Yes, and then I worked on this weekend, me and my wife did, to finish up the basement tavern that we have uh, going for our in-person sessions that I talked about in the previous podcast. It is now complete. Great. We're going to give them a little sneak peek at what's coming with that? Certainly. So you can follow us on Twitter and at TikTok uh, at uh, DM Tavern Talks, and uh, you'll be able to follow along with the progress. Uh, if you look back a couple of days ago, I started the progress, and then Sunday I posted... Uh, the full long form content of how I actually created mm -hmm. and how it came to fruition in the final project. And moving forward, uh, not not right now, obviously, but moving forward, um, our Patreon subscribers are gonna gonna have some access to some fun stuff. Yeah, um, we're dealing uh, with some video and audio, mm -hmm. um, which is exciting. So you'll be able to see our faces, uh, and we'll actually go live on Twitch uh, when we actually record an episode yeah. a couple and, of times. And we're talking one shots. We're talking about we might even bring you guys into our broad overarching uh, campaign. I don't want to touch into that too much because that's a that's a whole thing. But it, it's going to be big, y'all. Yes, it's going to be great, and I'm looking forward to bring you guys along for the adventure that we're starting out. But what also happened on Thursday, Caleb? Thursday. Okay, so this went to my head. Uh, we released one episode, uh, obviously last Sunday. Uh, the following week, we got reached out to by a group, uh, High Frequency Studios, uh, wanting to know if we wanted to be a part of their uh, ongoing live stream on Twitch and I believe on YouTube yes. uh, as, as players. I never say no to D&D. &D. I never get to play, hardly, so I, I was all in. And uh, drunken shenanigans ensued. That, that's all I'll say. I would definitely check them out, but they were really, really great to invite us and include us. And their DM, uh, such a fantastic guy, Jack. Uh, we're going to have him on as a special guest at some point in the very near future. Yeah, we're uh, we're trying to bring him along to show you guys what a DM uh aspect would look like because his play style as a dm is completely different from mm -hmm. mine and yours Absolutely. so it's something uh that we want to bring in and share with you as the new dms or the veteran dms listening and for the for the record i'm going to blatantly rip off of some of his uh tactics and uh things that he did certainly yeah yeah uh, you're gonna uh, uh rip off his mustache too and put oh it on yours gosh guys if i could grow a mustache like that i would 
I mean, oh. it, it it was an NPC. I can come close to it, and, and if we make enough money on Patreon, we'll, I, I'll grow out a mustache for you guys. Oh How about that? His mustache was an NPC unto itself. <laughs> it will come alive. It will come alive. But yeah. Um, tell them a little bit about your character for High Frequency. Give them a little, well, little I, taste. Well, I started out, uh, they, they were kind enough, they actually pre-built the characters because they're doing something a little bit different uh, with, their, with their podcast. So I came in, I started out as an 800-year-old bog witch. Halfway through the session, I had basically turned into Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, to be fair, to be fair, her alignment was chaotic good, so evil bog witch didn't really fit. Kind of took a few players under my wings. Maybe got a little drunk. Yes, the, char- it was, the character, not me. Yes, it was. It was uh, a sight to behold um, yeah. across the table from you. <laughs> yeah, there were there were some really bad roles. <laughs> my character ended up becoming Jack Reacher. Yeah. Uh, from the Reacher series, and he uh, he takes no for uh, does not take no for an answer. <laughs> nope. Um, and it's a he play he's a Goliath, so I got to use his size to intimidate and uh, poorly hurt a goblin on accident. Yeah. Yeah, that was there was some uh, there was some magic, some healing magic that had to be done after after Jack Reacher 2.0 got done with it. <laughs> Certainly, but we uh, definitely had a great time. And uh, if yeah. Jack's listening, thanks for inviting us. Uh, we'd love to come back and actually uh, see how far the uh, idea progresses. And wish you the best of luck uh, for the actual first ever session. Yeah, yeah. And for the record, if anybody else wants to reach out to us, uh, be on their podcast, just heck, playing their home games. I, I, I need D and D. It's a fever, and the only... How does it go? The only way you want it to be quenched? No, no, or, it's the Christopher Walken. Uh, well, cowbell. Y- yes. Yeah, okay, sorry. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, reach out to us. We would love to collaborate with more people in the community. Uh, DMTavernTalks at gmail.com. Also, uh, to anybody on our TikTok, Twitter, or just wants to email us questions, uh, we would love to start a trend going on our TikTok page where we, as the DMs, answer. Um, if you want a specific uh, specific, a question answered by a specific one of us, just include that in the comments because Adam and I do have somewhat different uh, DMing styles. Yeah, um, and then if we comment back on anything, uh, whether it be Twitter or TikTok, uh, it'll be denoted by an A or a C yeah. um, underneath it, so you'll know who you're talking to. Um, and if you preface your question to Caleb or preface it to me, we'll be able to reach out to you. Yeah, and if I disagree with Adam, I'll just do a secret TikTok and say, no, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Luckily for me, I control the social media. Uh, we just leave Caleb to the uh, creative writing exercises that yeah. I give him each day. Yeah, I need help logging into Facebook. It's pretty bad, guys. Yeah, it's all good. That's anyway, why we're a good pair. <laughs> anyway, are we ready to jump into the actual meat of I the think episode? So. I, uh, so, you meet in a tavern. Ty, yes. roll those dice. We're back. Thanks for the awesome dice rolls that you got going on with us. Where'd you get those dice? He stole them. Nice. So, uh, you meet in a tavern, Caleb. What How does... every classic D&D of story course. starts. <laughs> of course. At this point, it's a cliche, but it's a cliche because it works. Yeah, um, it does work. Um, but we're going to discuss how you can incorporate meeting in a tavern and setting up a foundation for your campaign. As the DM, you really set forth a good description of the tavern what's going on with it sometimes i even throw in like 
games, dice games going on oh, yeah. for the players to enjoy themselves you, with. You did that for us one time. I did, and yeah. y'all, it seemed to be a pretty big hit. I we, nearly killed a hobgoblin in an axe-throwing contest. Yes, so setting up games to interact with the characters to uh, lead them in, because a lot of times your characters are a little nervous to begin with, yeah. as, as you should be, because if you've never done this before, it's all exciting and fun, but then you try to get into the role-play action, and you almost feel a little funny yeah. First off, role play oh, with absolutely. everybody else. One of the ways I like to do that, and this is just the way I like to run all my games, and I probably go a little bit overboard, is I, I create the ambiance. You know, I, I describe the sight, the smell, the sounds, even sometimes the texture of the aged wood grain underneath their fingertips. Really make it alive. And it really helps whenever you're beginning this session. The first session more than likely when all the characters are meeting and getting together for the first time. Like Adam said, ease into it. Be comfortable. Don't just say, okay, there's three tables and there's an angry looking bartender. Go. Yeah. You don't want to give them uh, less at this point in the campaign. Right. Um, you want to give them as much information as possible. You're, you are the one that's actually guiding them on this journey together. So you should have the descriptions. Like Caleb said, it's really important to start off strong with your settings and tone for the campaign, and that establishes the firm foundation to move forward. That is your primary role as the Dungeon Master. No matter if you're playing Rules as Written or if you're doing Rule of Cool, however the actual, the actual gameplay is going to progress, it all boils down to your job being to create this world, make it visceral for your characters so they know they can close their eyes and they can see where they are. They can smell... Uh, well, some some of the places they go, they probably don't want to smell, but still describe it, you know. And as you progress along, um, it's totally fine to start, you know, scaling back on that if you want to. But to Adam's point is you really want to establish and create this world in the players' minds. Yeah, you don't want them to lose interest um, at the beginning and have that as your expectations um, of the D&D world that you create. You don't want to be... Um, you know, I, not as descriptive in the beginning. I think you as the DM are really taking on the role playing action mm -hmm. at the very beginning, trying to guide them on their different ways. Uh, I, again, like I said, you start off with some games and get them kind of going in the world. Um, there's a great game called Pig. I don't know. I didn't play it with y'all. No. I found it on a forum. I believe it was uh, on uh, Reddit. It was on, I think, behind the screen. Um, subreddit mm -hmm. and uh it taught you how to play pig and it's involving two d6 dice and the character rolls and it's almost like you're uh playing highs and lows yeah i'm from georgia so when you say play pig that means something completely different to me certainly i totally get that stepping <laughs> stepping back one step and then i'll step forward two steps a lot of people think when they hear the dm the dm plays one character the person in charge of everything no the DM plays every single person in this world that's not the players. More than that, the DM plays the world itself. He's the creak of the tavern doors it opens. He's the whoosh of the wind through the trees. I mean, not to get too poetic or deep mm -hmm. here. He has to embody every aspect of this world. I feel like I'm in a campaign right now. Oh, just close your eyes, Adam. Uh, close your eyes. By all means, I will. Slap him, tie. When his eyes are closed. Now, <laughs> now's your chance. Uh, and stepping forward... Uh, which kind of brings me to my next point you mm -hmm. touched on uh, is playing the games. Um, of course, once again, you can play D&D however you would like. I find it's much more organic and satisfying role-playing-wise 
to have the characters, disparate characters, meet in a way that just feels natural. Don't just smush them together and get, say, go forth, my little murder hobos, and kill orphans. Mm-hmm. Um, games is a really good good way to uh, to get that to happen, you know? Yeah, there's different ways you can interact with the characters to get them into the mindset of Dungeons & Dragons, and that's always a good way. Um, to get them started but um, I think it's important to know that there's a lot of pre-planning that goes into uh, the first session that you as a DM whether you're veteran or new uh, it's important to pre-plan your first episode uh, a lot heavier than what you normally would on any other episode going forward yeah you really have to bind these characters and almost certainly they're going to have different personalities just as different as the people playing them um different goals different hopes different dreams you have to find that one solidifying thread that binds them all together and sets them out on their hero's journey yeah uh it's it's either a hero's journey or a tragic backstory that Mm -hmm. intertwines these characters together uh to fight one common goal now as you kill characters as i have done it gets a lot harder to intertwine the characters together and make it make it make sense why they are together as they're progressing but at the very initial beginning you as the dm should be able to weave that story together whether it's a conclusion for one character or the entire party and then you conclude the other character stories with side quests it's totally up to you but starting off with a starting location and familiarizing yourself with the lore and the history of your campaign world is so important at the very beginning because this is when you have so many questions from the characters yeah and i'll tell you a little trick that i find works well for me um in the beginning i find it easier to bring the characters together based on the past and on the present what's happening immediately around them now or what events in the past that might have lead to some commonality of goals between them well i've seen a cool thing uh, when you when you kill a character moving forward sorry mm-hmm. if i don't get no, this out of my good. head now go for it <laughs> you know me i'll be petting a squirrel in a go few for minutes. it i'll pin this real quick for me <laughs> uh, uh, but uh moving forward like you said further down the line when characters die and new characters are introduced i find it's easier to bind them which i guess is the common thread of this conversation bind them together with the future as opposed to the present or past yeah future goals what they're all trying Mm -hmm. to achieve certainly um it it really um encompasses the reasoning behind as the storyline goes for the dm and the characters themselves but what i was going to circle back on with your comment about whether i start them off in the future or the past Mm -hmm. sometimes you can even play characters in the past make them like level 20 Mm -hmm. and make them like a heroic bard and Mm -hmm. heroic paladin a whole group uh, basically like a heroes guild group band make them play level 20 characters make them feel like a god and establish that as the backstory for you know push them a hundred years in the future maybe they killed all the dragons yeah and now magic's gone in the land mm-hmm. and they they're they as characters level 20 was the ones that killed the last dragon mm-hmm. and then move it on and you start them off at level one where magic's banned or something like that yeah such a neat idea that's really cool and a cool starting episode for your characters make them feel like gods have their backstories all planned out with the level one characters, but throw them for a loop saying, oh, well, with session one, we're going to play 
level 20 characters and they don't realize the consequences that they their actions had yes. and then next episode when they're level one throw them into that new world a hundred years in the future that that's a really good hook for our next segment ty roll those dice so pre-session planning we touched on this a little bit in the last segment what sort of things are you looking for adam what sort of things are you preparing in your first session well um the first thing that usually comes to mind is drawing out the map. Mm-hmm. Um, as a DM, you want to establish your own map. Then there's plenty of free resources out there as a D&D on a budget type of uh, ideas that are websites you can go. I know, in, uh, I think it's in inkcarnate.com. Yes, I've used um, them. And you can create a fantasy map there, but, you know, you can do a DIY fantasy map with rice and, and, you know, uh, butcher paper and pour out the rice and then trace out where the rice, you know, and then you, you have the creation of your map. And then afterwards you have a delicious snack. Yes. You can cook the rice and, and, you know, be be full on that. But I think starting with the world map really sets the tone of how you want the world to go Mm -hmm. and you can create your lakes, your rivers, your mountain ranges, all of that. And once you create it, you're, you're there. And, you're in the world. And I do that more for myself than even for the players. Because yeah. I don't always give the players a map. No, I, I wait probably four or five sessions. Yeah, but, but it kind of helps establish it in my mind. Mm-hmm. The way I go about it, since you asked me, I'm just staring at him right now. How do you... No, no, let's let's make this all about you, Adam. No. (laughs) The current DM. (laughs) (laughs) The the way I go about it is, um, or the way I look at it, and I'm not saying it's the right way necessarily, but there's going to be a BBEG, big bad evil guy, some ultimate evil they're going to have to face, probably going to span across the entire campaign, at least the threads that he touches. Um, I'm not as concerned about that in session one. In session one, I'm more concerned about the immediate threat. The bandit guild that attacks whenever they're in the tavern. Or the horde of spiders that come billowing out of the sewers beneath their feet. Something that to immediately establish these characters and their personalities and how to draw them together as a group. As you progress forward, as the sessions go on, you can start dropping the little hints. You know, the the sigil slashed against the wall that's they see in passing might have some deeper meaning down the line that's great and i'd love doing that sort of thing but session one all about getting these characters together and start the beginnings of a family yeah um i I think it's it's nice when you start out in the tavern um yeah and having maybe a smaller quest on the quest board or you know news of missing things on there um of you know sheep missing people missing in the forest you know last seen so and so and make a because they're level one or level five depending on you as a dm but it's important to know that those smaller quests can lead to to you know uh i would call them like fishers you know yeah. you're fishing out and you cast the line but you catch the small bass but then you're going for the largemouth bass but at the same time the largemouth bass eats the smallmouth bass at the same time it all ties in together yes maybe your bandit camp is really a front for a secret underground organization that's going around killing world leaders or something of that should i should i tell them a dirty little dm secret sure go for it we should go ahead ty i want you to start working on like a little sound effect whenever we get to uh dirty little dm secrets all right 
Dirty Little DM Secrets. Ding. Thank you, Adam. Uh, just in case Ty missed it. Yeah. Uh, he's playing World of Warcraft right now. Anyway, uh, Dirty Little Secret is the players don't have to know how much you're winging it. The Dirty Little Secret about it is the players don't have to know how much by the seat of your pants you're playing it. So... 10 sessions, 15 sessions, 20 sessions down the line, whenever you have the big bad guy, whenever you have the evil tyrant, you can look back on your earlier sessions and go, oh yeah, I'm going to say that was something that he did. You know, tie things, plan backwards instead of forwards. It, it's not cheating. It just makes the world seem a little bit more connected for your players. And as an added bonus, it makes you look like a genius. Yeah, um, I fly by the seat of my pants most of the time when I'm DMing just because y'all try to undermine me at any possible chance I get so all of my planning goes out the door and I might as well just wing it. You killed our paladin and left him in the underdark. I didn't kill him. He is paralysis and he's petrified. petrified petrified well he's para- he's paralyzed before that yeah. then he got petrified then he yeah. failed his save. And, and, and where is he again? Uh, in the Underdark. Uh, technically not in the Underdark, but uh-huh. it, it, they had Underdark creatures yeah. to fight. And, and did and I wasn't part of this session, by the way, so my own, my own advocate here. Uh, did they try to save him? Did they go seek help or a healer? No, they don't have any healer at all, so yeah. they couldn't greater a restor- no, no, restoration. No healers in town, no well, secret. They couldn't get back to where they are. They had to take yeah. a, uh, like a, Sounds like like a the, teleportation uh, with jewels that I had came up with. Sounds like the DM has got a taste for blood and just enjoys killing players off No, I came really close to killing them because <laughs> it was a death ray that almost killed the fighter <laughs> on top of the petrification of the paladin. Yeah, that's what happens when a beholder gets involved. But that takes us... Um, into really what kind of world that you're trying to build um, in there. And on top of that, how do you want to start your first session? And what's the best places to start? And let's let's throw some ideas around. That's a great question, Adam. In fact, we should answer that in our next segment. So, I'm a traditionalist. I do love the starting in a tavern. And part of that's for me... Part of that is I love those old places with the old wood and the rafters overhead and the worn floorboards. Just as for me personally, stepping into in the real world, I love incorporating that in uh, the D&D world as well. And I really try to embody those locations so the players can be there with me. And also it, it, it gives a lot of opportunities. It's... Maybe it's the old uh, drunk of the town over in the corner rambling about the monsters he saw in the sewers and nobody believes him. Maybe it's the surly bartender who's griping about his barrels of meat going missing. There are so many opportunities in a tavern. Yeah, um, it, it presents a, a tavern is probably the easiest way to start your Dungeons and Dragons campaign. Yeah. Um, it gives you plenty of characters. Uh, NPCs and your characters alike to go talk freely to them to try to gain information. Of course, you can have a quest board or any type of news outlet on you know the side of the door of the tavern mm-hmm. or you know outside of this, it. There's a log. This is CNN Centaur yeah. News Network. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> just off the top of my head, Centaur News Network. Um, but it, Fox it, News is just some anthropomorphic fox in the corner. I could see I, that. I saw the rabbits coming for us. I had to attack. I'm sorry. Anyway, 
Anyway, I interrupted. <laughs> no, you're all good. Uh, but a tavern's the easiest way. Now, I like to make mine a little bit more challenging than a tavern, but also make it easier for the party to band together. Right. And I read a lot of Reddit uh, behind the DM screens or the first encounter type of uh you know, scenarios that are out there, and it really intrigues me. Damn millennials and the damned Reddit. Yeah, I mean, it, it's great, and... They don't know that I'm the old man of this podcast. No, do they? they don't. <laughs> but seeing as I run the social media platform, it should already tell you that Back much. in my day, social media was going outside and talking to your friends. In person! We Fair. could see their faces, and we hated every second of it. Uh, yep. Alright. But, um, I, you know, you could start your... You know, my ideal thing is maybe they're in a prison and they have to break out and do like a prison breakout type of thing or you could start them waking up in a laboratory of some sort and they're all banded together and they don't have any memory of their past and they're having to piece it together while the sessions continue can i tell you about a one shot that i'm working on sure go uh, ahead obviously i'm working on all of this and the modules for our patreon and the world itself that i'm building um with all of my copious spare time i'm also working on a one shot you guys wake up in a graveyard. Oh, that's a mm-hmm. neat one. Open graves all around and a hooded figure standing at the foot. Hmm. That's all I'm going to tell you. That's really cool. See, the way you just described that so intrigues me yeah. so much. Please, of getting your characters uh, aligned together for a common good. Um, I even read one on Reddit where you are uh, sort of like in Skyrim where you just um, off of the uh, cart, and it's like, glad you're awake type of situation. But you are had your head uh, over like a, a tunic bag, uh, you know, oh, like okay. a potato bag over your head, and you are um, knotted up with uh, rope, See? and you get put into a ship, and you have to break the ship, but the ship is out in the middle of the ocean, so you have to basically mutiny the entire ship right. on your side. But then, guess what? It gives you the vessel to go explore as oh much as you want throughout the land. See, I'm too much of a capitalist. If you give me that sort of power, I'm not going off to kill dragons. I'm establishing a trade route between the two major cities, and I'm just going to rake in that coin. Yeah, and that's great but, and all. And We'll have to t- uh, have an episode on um, how not to break your economy by the characters. Okay, yeah. If there's one thing more interesting about less interesting than watching people play D&D... It's listening to people talk about D&D. But what's even less interesting, it's talk, listening to people talk about D&D's economy. Yes. Um, as a financial person myself, I could definitely elaborate many hey, times we've, over. We, we've, we've got a banker here. Another one of our guys is a CPA. Uh, I myself majored in business as well. We're going to have that episode. Oh, yes. It's it a shopping episode, to, but, but the, shop, <laughs> the shopping episode turns into a run on the economy. Yeah, let's, let's infiltrate the banks and institute. Yeah. But anyway. it's so important to start off with a strong foundation of your starting location that you're able to describe whether it be a bustling city or a mysterious forest, a graveyard, a tavern, that you go in to that location and describe the immersive environment around you. Yeah, yeah, we we touched on that in an earlier segment. We did. What, what I really love about that, and this is the first time I'm hearing about that particular scenario with the bags over their head, mm-hmm. that gives you so many opportunities to 
delve into sensory experiences not related to sight. The mustiness of the bag, the, the rocking of the carriage they're on, the neighs of the horses. Incorporate all the senses except for sight. And to me, that seems like really, really interesting. Speaking of being introduced correctly, it's ultra important as a DM to get that right the first time. And we're going to go to Ty for our next segment, which is introducing your characters. We will segue into introducing your first characters. Caleb, how do you go about introducing them? You just don't want to you know, call them out by name and then you know, let them run free. As an aside, one of my favorite things to do is to name taverns in my D&D world, like I will do that and establish backstories for the dragons. The one I've, the one you guys are going to meet at in the upcoming one shot is called the Giggling Cup. Oh, that's a like, good name. I kind of like, thank you. Uh, the proprietor, you're going to love him. Uh, so yes, I know as the DM, I've spoken with my characters. I know why they're in their ta- that tavern. I know what led them to that point in their life. I know what they think their goals are, what their goals are and what they think their next steps are going to be. So you have to introduce, again, organically, ways for them to meet. Um, Like we mentioned earlier, it might be a card game. It might be a game where they um, sit around. Uh, One way I really really like to draw them together is to have an attack happen uh, on the tavern where they're in. Uh, Naturally, the sort of person that comes in as a D&D player, they're going to be in there for the action adventure without me as the DM forcing them to. Nine times out of ten, they're going to jump up and they're going to enter the fray, and that's going to create that initial bond. Um, One way we did it with you and I and uh, some of the others we played with when I was DM, uh, you were an Asimar, Asimar Paladin, uh, very close to your deity, and I'd been sending you dreams for quite some time. Yeah, and it was a perfect introduction world about why i uh was able to be at this tavern yeah and and not only the tavern he journeyed to the town for that express purpose uh what turned out to be the the major plot hook um his deity as all deities do gave him vague hints but wouldn't spell it out for him and he was able to kind of suss out who the other people in his needed to be in his party and I felt like that was a pretty organic way that incorporated your backstory and the mechanics of the world. Yeah, um, it was. It definitely wasn't like a, a meet cute scenario that that happens in D anD D a lot. Um, some something that comes organic in nature would be more if you can come up with it. Now, if you just can't, and they all just meet in a tavern, they just all meet in a tavern. I yeah. mean, that's just, it is what it's it is. It's not the you worst thing in the world. On. As long as you're descriptive, immersive in the environment, I think it'll be okay. Yeah. But if you can find some way as a DM in your pre-planning session beforehand to figure out a way to get them all intertwined together already before they even meet, that is, it, it's important enough to, you know, really think about. Um, for it um, also on top of that you could you know have players overhear each other's conversations in the tavern or the market um, you can also push them all together you know all the tables are filled but this empty one with all of them around and have yeah. their introductions there but as the dm you should give them a push and, a, and an initiative to go towards the other characters in some way shape or form and then let that scenario play out amongst the role-playing characters yeah. between them and the hand of the dm can sort of subtly somewhat subtly be introduced into the 
uh, scene by the choice of NPCs. You know, that's something else I love. I love creating NPCs with wonky accents and wonky backgrounds. And um, I love the NPCs more than my players do. Yeah, um, it, it, I've created plenty of them. Um, I, you know, a familiar I've created is Templeton the Rat. Um, yes. for my uh, buddy Will and his character who passed away. And Templeton followed them for quite some time mm-hmm. uh, along their journey and still is with the party, but he is on the ship currently. But he was, you know, de- he he was beloved by everybody on that ship. And I am <laughs> so sad when the day Templeton actually just dies because I know that NPC, that little rat... <laughs> we'll have the biggest funeral out of everybody. Can, can, can I tell you my favorite memory of that campaign? Uh, actually, probably one of my favorite role-playing moments of that campaign, or of any campaign. I was playing a cleric, and I was a drunk. Very coarse, very crude. You know, still a good man, but very rough-hewn. We had just been introduced to Templeton. Uh, I was a human. No dark vision. We were in the sewers. And I couldn't see around the corner. Adam didn't give us torches. None of the others that had dark vision could see around me because I was in the lead. So what did I do? I reached down, picked up Templeton, this beloved NPC, cast light on him, and threw him across the corridor of sewage. Yep. Templeton never liked me after that. There's, yeah. I wonder why. (laughs) Hey. We were able to take out the goblins. Yeah, I mean, it, it worked. It worked. The goblins in the sewers were defeated, and Templeton had a big hand in that. Yeah. Uh, but creating those lovable NPCs at the mm-hmm. very beginning can ease your characters into role-playing a lot more. Yeah. Uh, like we said at the beginning of the episode, it's important for you to take the lead on role-playing your characters. You're the one that's going to have to come up with the funny accents and the funny names for the characters that you've created. Yeah. And that will help your uh, player characters interact with them and feel more comfortable around role-playing. Because I feel like in the first session, a lot of us are not comfortable enough. Even though you're friends, and whether they not be friends, and this is just a group that you met online or at another you know, game shop and you haven't really met them before, and this is the first session, you may feel a little weird role-playing with them. But if the DM can overcome that hump of, you know, nerves and stress and all of that, and the DM can really, you know, cast his hand over playing, uh, role-playing with the characters and creating their own little, you know, world, then you'll start to see your characters open up. So as any tips for the new DMs out there, you're the one that needs to take control of the situation and really put emphasis on creating your characters, uh, your non-playable characters, as funny, lighthearted. You know, uh, you can make them angry and mysterious at the same time. There's there should be a slew of characters in that tavern, mm-hmm. a slew of characters on that ship, in the prison, whatever. Each distinct from one another. Yes. And they should all have a different backstory. You should create that on your own and create your own little side quests for them because they may have their own side quests that 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 needs to be completed by the party. And that will allow you to interact with your player characters as well as your uh, you can interact NPC to NPC, which I've done plenty of times. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, being a DM is a lonely life. And so we justify two NPCs talking in the game 
to kind of justify two NPCs talking when we're by ourselves in our rooms alone. With different voices. Yeah. And the voices in our heads. Shh. They're talking to me now. I'll be you quiet mean, then. <laughs> you, mentioned, you mentioned the world, which mm-hmm. I think takes us to our it last does. and final segment. Let me show you how to do a segue. Ty, roll those dice. The last and final segment. How do you build the world around you? And how do you not jump at the bits as a DM to try to tell it to all your characters all in one episode? Okay. Well, I love, 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 love creating worlds and lore. I've got lore going back hundreds of years. Um, You could ask me almost about the name of a street and I could tie it back to some historical event. That's extreme, even for DMs. Uh, My pressure release valve on that is have a a select few friends who are very easily, easily able to separate player knowledge from personal knowledge speaking on on setting a street name uh to uh ancient times or whatever yeah i just just it came to be like national treasure it's like wall street what this used to be the wall of new york city and it just it, everyone's like really that's why it was called wall street when national treasure came out and yeah. then they're like yeah let's run with that yeah it, let's, let's, and, yeah we'll go with that yeah and, and you just know street names change and all but then yeah. there was like on national treasure i'm just a big history nerd it's like oh, yeah, yeah wall street that's where the wall of new york city look, used to be look we laugh about history and fa- or fantasy especially coming up with stupid names look around your house okay what do you call the room where you keep your bed the bedroom uh what do you call the room where you keep your bath your bathroom mm-hmm. what's the place where you put a fire build a fire a fireplace yeah so don't be too hard on fantasy authors. generated yeah, stuff. yeah yeah if, if if it doesn't come up you know if if tolkien wants to call it mount doom then by golly it's called mount doom because there's a lot of doom there yeah i mean we could have called it mount mcfiery place but mount doom did sound better yeah but uh, continue i didn't but, mean yeah, to interrupt no, no, you're fine. But. uh so this is a two uh this question has a two-part answer so I've already worked with these players. I know where they're from. Uh, One of my players, for example, is a wizard. He's going to know, just because he's more well-read, more of the history about not only his own city, but more of his surroundings. Glane, the Jewel of the East. The Jewel of the East. The Barbarian character, for example, he's going to have pretty good knowledge of different aspects of where he's roamed and where he's went. Before then, I will have provided for my characters, you know, sheets of paper with what they know. And obviously I can't cover everything that would be in their knowledge. So as time goes along, if something's brought up, if I mention to this new character, Glane, Jewel the of Jewel the East, East. Uh, and the player character himself has never heard of it, he'll look at me and goes, do I know, have I heard about Glane? And one of two things happen. I'll say, yeah, yes, of course you've heard of Glane, Jewel of the East. Uh, or I'll have them roll a history check or an intelligence mm-hmm. check. And then I'll, you know, give give them more of that backstory based on how they roll. Yeah. Um, I, I think, mean, to put it in a real perspective, how much do you know about Boise, Idaho? I uh, know their football team is uh, has a blue and orange field, and I've been through there. Yeah, so you've once. been you've been through there. So 
even which sorry is, to all of our Boise and Idaho uh, <laughs> listeners yeah. out there. I, personally, I love Boise, Idaho. There's this one little diner on the street that's great. And we're going to have like 50 comments. Yeah, I know that place. But the point I'm trying to make is just because you're in a world doesn't mean you have intimate knowledge of every part of that world. No, but you should have intimate knowledge of your own little society yeah. that is built up yeah. around it. Absolutely. Um, whether it be uh, uh, Elf City, like High Elf City or something, you know, mm-hmm. talk about naming things. Yeah. You can name High Elf City. Yeah. They just grow a lot of weed. Yeah. 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 They're yeah. actually wood elves, but we yeah. call it High or, Elf City. It's wood Elf City. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's just something that you can create and you're, that they would know about that society. And it's important to understand whether you're building, when you're building your lore, not everybody is going to agree with everybody in this world. There's going to be, you know, probably some some friction between societies friction between empires and free cities and different things of that nature should be able to find cohesion in others where they may have formed an alliance yeah and maybe they have a meritocracy alliance or something of of that kind if you're setting yourself up in a fantasy medieval world but just know when you're going into world building that on top of building your world you're going to have to create societies and factions within the environment around you in different places in your yeah. world where, you know, dragonborns may be up in the mountains somewhere and with Goliaths and then, you know, the elves live in the woods or the, you know, you could make them a desert elf yeah. uh, society and that I've, would be a really cool I've one. I've got some really cool desert shenanigans if you guys ever get there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Desert is something that isn't explored a lot in D&D, which could be touched on another podcast about different oh. realms that are not. I completely want to do an entirely separate podcast on world building. I, yep. will, I will say one thing, just a little drop in your ear about the desert. Teamora. Oh. That's all I'm giving you. Teamora. Okay. I'm excited to get to the desert. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, I mean, you, you ask the average American. They know World War II happened. Most of them probably know when it ran, at least from the American side of things. Um, same way with D&D. Big, momentous things. Most people will have a passing knowledge of them, some more so than others. Um, the Blood War. In the new uh, upcoming um, uh, homebrew mm-hmm. that you and I are going to be in, your character's going to know about the Blood War. You're going to know roughly when it was, and depending on where you come from, that might influence how much you know about it. But just because you live in this world doesn't mean you know everything about it. Yeah. Uh, and a good example you brought up is World War II, but like at the end of World War II, what happened with you know, you know, Chinese uh, democracy versus communism in the early, you know, late early 50s, late 40s that happened. Not a lot of people know what happened mm-hmm. actually between uh, King Shai Chek and, you know, Mao. Mm-hmm. And that fight that happened right after World War II ended. So a lot of those, people probably little, haven't even heard of Mao. Yeah. And those little details that you throw in there that most characters wouldn't know mm-hmm. is something that shouldn't should be kept behind those doors. But a lot of times I'll include a library episode in a yes. big town and that will explore your history and world. So when we get to that episode, when we get into the metropolis of a city and how to build that world out for for you as a DM, veteran or new, it'll be uh, it'll make more sense when we get to that. But touching on trying to start yourself in a tavern, that little settlement wherever it may be mm-hmm. is just as important as when you're creating it the capital city. as big as the capital city because that or, is where your characters are going to be for the next probably five to six sessions 
completing quest in there Mm -hmm. until something triggers where it leads to bigger things. Yes, and one thing I love to do in building the town, I guess we're kind of in the conclusion here Mm -hmm. uh, of this podcast. Uh, One thing I love to do is spend a lot of time in that starting city, whether it be big, small, large, little, whatever. I've got three different general stores picked out. I've got different names for them. I've got different proprietors. Based on what the characters are looking for, how they roll, what direction they go in, is going to influence which general store they happen upon. And Mm -hmm. they might wind up going to all three. But like you said, Adam, that was a great point. The little farming village or wherever they first meet is just as important as the biggest city in the world. Or even as important as Teamora. Yeah, um, it's important. Like, like you made a good point with your characters. Uh, you know, speaking to the NPCs, that those NPCs may have lore and backstory to give to the characters if they ask for it. And you, as a DM, need to be prepared yes. behind the scenes. What questions can they answer, and what questions, depending on how well they roll, and what questions and answers do you divulge to the group once they start asking those questions? Yep. Absolutely. But that's a good segue. I think we we did a really good job over explaining what your first introductions in the tavern so. should be. Um, I, as a new DM, I was thrown, you know, eight years ago, I was thrown into that world. Didn't just had a Dungeon Master book. D&D wasn't as popular as, as it is today um, by no means. So you didn't have a lot of, you know, extras that you could go out and look into. You know, Reddit maybe had a couple of things out there that you could try to, you know, pull off. But it was important enough to know that the foundations of your campaign start with episode one, your meeting in a tavern. Exactly. And and one final, one final comment on this. Um, There is absolutely no way to plan for everything that might happen. Don't even try to. Prepare as best as you can and stay on the balls of your feet and get ready to pivot. Because no matter who they are, your players are going to throw you some curveballs. And honestly, that's one of the most fun things about D&D. Oh, yes. Very, so much fun being flexible um, into it. So, yeah, I just want to finish this up by saying... um, We would love to hear from you guys. Please send us some questions, comments, um, anything hateful or that you don't like about what we're doing. Send that address to Adam. Yeah, uh, that'd be fine. I'll take care (laughs) of it. My my ego needs a knock-in after that viral TikTok that we had. Bad, bad. (laughs) But it's all good. We hope that you uh, stuck around and enjoyed what insights we could provide for you. Hopefully it was a help. Again, this uh, podcast goes uh, live every Sunday evening. Uh, going forward, we'll have a we'll have it uploaded on Sundays. Uh, going forward, week to week. Yes, sir. And you can find us at DM Tavern Talks on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, and Spotify, Amazon, and Apple Podcasts. I, under- I understood like two of those words, <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. That's why I'm the social media guy. That's right. Ty, go ahead and roll those credits. Bye, guys. Y'all be safe. See you around. Oh, 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 oh,